This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Do you always take your meds as directed? Do you fill the prescriptions that your doctors ordered for you? Or maybe sometimes you don't due to costs. There was a very disturbing uh, study a while ago that one in 10 people, and particularly people aged 55 to 64, uh, don't fill their prescriptions because of cost. So uh, we are here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Dean Miller, and he's here to help us understand the consequences for what is called non-adherence. And that means taking your medication on time, um, taking it properly. That means, uh, do you know what you can and can't take it with? And, and all of those questions. And he is here to answer your questions about that. I know that a lot of people take a lot of medication, four or five medications, and it, it can be a bit confusing. And of course, uh, Dean is also here to take any of your pharmacy-related questions. So let me give the numbers out again. Uh, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Dean, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Libby. So tell me a little bit about uh, this non-adherence. How big a problem is it? Well, you know, it, it really is probably the biggest problem in pharmacy uh, and the reason why a lot of times people just don't get better. And you said the, you know, the fact that one in 10 did it for cost. There's another group of people for other reasons. And people, we know that about one in five prescriptions never, ever get filled. And, and those that do get filled, 50% of those aren't, people don't take them correctly. So, so it's a huge role for the pharmacist. It's the biggest problem that's out there. Uh, you know, there's individual issues around different diseases and that sort of thing and different medications and you get side effects and things. But, you know, the biggest problem out there today is the fact that people either don't take them or don't fill the prescription or they don't take it correctly. So it's a, uh, it's a huge role for the pharmacist. So. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't want to muddy the waters, but sometimes it's confusing. So yep. for here's something that I remember for years and years, forever, always been told, if you are prescribed antibiotics, you have to finish the whole course. And recently a study, well, maybe you don't have to finish yeah. the whole course. Well, and that's a great point because in that you know that goes along. We talked. We've talked on the show before about healthcare costs and drug wastage is a is a huge problem in in Canada as well. And you know, they're right. I mean, as a pharmacist, often we would get these prescriptions and they would say, you know, take it for ten days or two weeks and stuff. But usually, a good rule of thumb is you take it till you're feeling better and then add on a day or two because sometimes the bacteria is left in your system, so it's best to eradicate it with it. But but that doesn't take. A week that takes a couple extra days so so you know it's it's tips like that that you can get from the pharmacist that you know I'm not to I'm not here to sort of demug 
debunked what the doctor's written on the mm. prescription, but but often there's ways and means and good advice that the pharmacist can give that might be something that you didn't you didn't understand when you left the doctor's office, but you know you can ask that pharmacist because they're there and they're pretty accessible too. So now, in cases where it's not a matter of cost, right. do people stop taking drugs because they think they're better? Or I mean, I know that happens a lot where the drugs work, and I'm thinking about drugs that you have to be on for a long period of time. You know, yeah. antidepressants, stuff like that. You say, fine, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Well, and and a lot of cases, you know, missing a day or two here or there on a medication you take long term isn't going to matter too much because a lot of times you get a steady state of the drug in your system and you're feeling pretty good about things. Um, now, to stop some medications can be pretty pretty serious as well. So depending on what type of medication it is, you know, I look at drugs like um, – you know, the, talked a lot about narcotics lately. Uh, you know, antidepressive uh, medications, uh, medications for anxiety. A lot of times, those are the type of medications that, you know, there's a great question to ask your pharmacist. How should I do it? You know, I, I, I feel like I'd like to try stopping. How should I do it? And, and that's, a, you know, that's a really great question to ask your pharmacist because they'll be able to kind of tell you the best way to do it. Because it's not the same for every, uh, every, every drug. I sort of assumed that with things that you've been on, you kind of just taper it. Well, yeah, exactly. I think on, I would say almost everything is sort of taper, but the best way to taper it, it might be different from drug to drug because, you know, these drugs are all, um, you know, they have, some of them are short acting, some of them are long acting, some of them stick around in your system for weeks. You know, there's all these different considerations you have to make. So it's uh, it's a, it's an important question, and it's one people shouldn't be afraid of because uh, that's why we go to school. So okay, well, uh, let's go to the phones and Siva. Hi, you're back. Sorry, no, that's fine. The, the pharmacist, if my doctor writes me a prescription and I don't get it filled, would the doc, the pharmacist, know? Uh, so if you if, so. Uh, if 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 you got a written prescription, would the pharmacist know if you don't get it filled or you didn't get it filled? Uh-huh. Um, so we're not connected. Like like uh, you know, the one thing that is not true, and I think a lot of people think that is that every pharmacist across this province country, you know, we we're all connected. We can see what uh, what each other's doing. That's untrue. We can't. Nope. Uh, so, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea, and and I think it's coming. You know, some of the smaller provinces already have it, but it, we haven't really tackled it in Ontario. There's lots of work going on, but right now the pharmacist really can't see what, you know, whether you filled the prescription or you didn't fill the prescription. Okay, I asked that question because you said some people have and they don't get it filled. So Correct. I thought there were connections. Well, yeah. they, uh, there have been studies done on that. And I guess yeah. there there is a way. I mean, if you, for instance, if your doctor called the prescription into your pharmacy and you didn't fill it, then the pharmacist would know, I right. guess. Right, okay. and a lot, of, a lot of physicians are using electronic means to send their you know, right. prescription on to a, a, a pharmacy as well. So, so then you would know. But uh, the old way of just writing a prescription... You know, there's no way but for us so, to know. So let me ask you, uh, I guess it's partly an ethical question. If if you get a prescription electronically or however, you know about this and you see the prescription is not being filled, can you then get in touch with the patient or with the doctor? What do you do? Well, yeah, 
and again, another great question because, you know, just like a physician, a, a pharmacist develops a relationship with, with a patient that comes in there. And, and you know, there's been many times in my career where a physician has phoned and said, oh, has Mrs. Smith you know, been in or whatever? I was just sort oh, of really? checking up on her. And, and I would say, no, in fact, she hasn't. And, and you know, it's, it's part of that what we call the circle of care and, and, you know, whether it's a physician or a nurse or a, or a dentist or, you know, a pharmacist, you know, we all try and keep tabs on, on, on patients. So, so, you know, a lot of times I would say the answer is no, but just as many times the answer is yes, that, you know, we would proactively make that, make that call and maybe find out why. And, so. and are there privacy concerns with that? Uh, not really, as long as you're within oh. the circle of care. So if I, for instance, with you, Libby, if I had an established relationship with you already, you got your prescriptions filled at my pharmacy, that's sort of implied consent. Okay. Siva, okay. thanks Thank for you. your call. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joan. I'm Joan in Oshawa. Hi, Joan. Good afternoon to your guest. Okay. Um, I have... Uh, a couple of, well, I have one statement and a question. I want to ask about that Prevnar 13. The reason why I'm asking is because I have problems with my lungs, <clears throat> and I hear that uh, Prevnar 13 is to prevent uh, pneumococcal pneumonia. Yeah, it's a vaccine, Joan. Um, you're, you're right. Um, you know, pharmacists now have the ability to administer those vaccines. That's one of them. So it's, that's a good thing. You don't have to necessarily have to wait at the doctor. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, we're, we're right in the middle of flu season right now as well. So, uh, you know, everybody's thinking about uh, getting the flu uh, shot right now. I mean, it'll be widely available to all uh, residents of Ontario uh, next week on the 23rd. Um, uh, but right now, uh, people that are considered high risk, which are seniors over 65, you can get your, uh, your, your flu shot. The one that you're describing is not a flu shot, but that's a pneumococcal uh, vaccine. So. Right. <clears throat> now, that Prevnar, is, uh, how much, what is the cost to that? Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> um, it is, it, it's not cheap. <laughs> uh, I don't have the, the cost on the top of my head, Joan, but it's not cheap. It does, depending on your coverage, um, you know, it may or may not be covered depending on what kind of coverage plan you have. Right. Yeah. So, right. and that and, should... Um, now, as far as the flu vaccine, I'm going up t- tomorrow, uh, later on in the day to get mine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. Get yeah, it early. Yeah, exactly. Get it early because it does take, you know, four or five... Uh, weeks to sort of reach its peak. And we did hear out of the Southern Hemisphere that it was a very active flu season, so it could be a bad year. So, Well, this is what concerns me. Um, I was diagnosed with, um, it's, I don't, maybe you know what it's called, but it's like ground glass on the lungs. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot where, the, like, the fluid can ma- fluid on your lungs can make that crackling sound as well. No, and- this, um, I have to go and see the... Uh, uh, the cancer specialist, um, after like every six months, I have to go for a, for a CAT scan. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good. It's a good precaution, and um, you know, when you see the cancer specialist or another doctor, you can ask them about the vaccine. But it. Yeah, and, yeah. and most of those vaccines, Libby, yeah. whether it's that one or flu vaccine, it really doesn't counter. It's not counterindicated against anything else. So whether you have, you know, 
uh, cancer or diabetes or whatever. I mean, all people with high risk should be getting the flu vaccine. Okay. Between the flu vaccine and Prevnar 13, do they interact with each other or can there be um, No. I, the only thing I would say, Joan, is maybe just, uh, you know, um, you know, have a little bit of space between the two. Okay. Um, thanks for that. Uh, right now we're going to take a quick break and we will come back with more of your calls and your questions from for Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Before we go to the break, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Dean Miller. He's taking your calls and questions. Our topic for the day is compliance, not compliance. But we have questions on all kinds of different things, which, of course, he's happy to answer. But let me give you the number once again before we get right to it. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Rob in Mississauga. Hi, Rob. Hi, hi. Thank you very much for taking the call. Interesting topic. I have two questions for you, and these questions are because I've never really had, like, drug coverage or medical coverage. So every, all the, anything that wasn't covered by OHIP, I had to, you know, foot the bill myself. Yeah. So here's, here's question number one. Um, are, um, I just was curious to know about the dispensing fee and our, our drugs, uh, you know, our, our prescription drugs, are they negotiable in price? Is there, you know, can I, can I get a better price if I ask? You know, the <laughs> well, you know what, Rob? Great, great question as well. I mean, uh, it's. I guess the 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 quick answer is yes, you can, and you you certainly have the right to negotiate the fee. I mean, depending on sort of where you go. I mean, if you go to a smaller independent pharmacy, they might be more flexible than if you go to one of the big chains. Now, it's a very. It sounds easy, but it's more of a complicated issue because. When we get accredited as a pharmacy, we register with our college of pharmacy and we have to establish a fee. So we say, you know, it's ten ninety nine or it's nine ninety nine and and that you charge that to third parties, you you charge people that are just paying cash. You, uh, the only one that's different is the Ontario Drug Benefit Program. So, so is there some flexibility there? Yes, definitely there is, but it is also regulated sort of what our fee is. But you should. Uh, I mean, again, it's it's an individual thing per pharmacy. So, uh, but probably your odds would be better at a smaller independent pharmacy, I would think. And my second question, this spurred on the same same premise. Um, well, no, what was that? Uh, oh yes. So if if I buy something, and uh, for example, the last two prescriptions that I got, they they it made me sick immediately. Yeah, and I tried to return one to the pharmacist, and he just laughed at me. Yeah, and that that's illegal. We can't do that. Uh, I wanted my money back. It made me sick. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, mean, it, who who hell is responsible for that? I, I put out cash for that. Yeah, well, you know, and again, it's it's a it's lot illegal. of a lot of medicine is is trial and error, and you know, often you know people go through four or five medications before they find the one that that works. So you're saying it's illegal for me to get my money back? Yeah, it's not like it's we a, it's, it's illegal. illegal to it's not illegal for you to get your money back. It's illegal for us to take the return of used medication back. 
Yeah, you, the pharmacists take it back to dispose of it. Yeah, that's but, the only reason. But just, Im- yeah. I mean, imagine, I mean, you know, would you want to buy medication that somebody returned? You don't know the person. You don't know what they did to it. You don't know anything. I don't expect them to resell it, but I, I, I did want my money back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. About, well, <laughs> about 90% of Canadians have some sort of coverage or, you know, use it on their income tax or, or something. So that's... That factors into it, Rob. So anyway, sorry about those those questions. But yeah, no, 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 no. Good here questions. to answer it. Take care. Thanks. Okay, uh, let us go to uh, Avril in Richmond Hill. Hi, Avril. Oh, hi. Uh, the pharmacist uh, wasn't sure how much the pneumonia vaccine uh, was. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, a few months ago, my doctor suggested I, I get it because I had the last one and it lasted 10 years. And it's been about 14 years since I had it and it was paid for. Uh, this one isn't uh, paid for for seniors. Yeah, um, no, yeah, not on ODB. You know, ODB doesn't, no, but some of the private isn't. plans. And, I, and my point to him was, especially, I, I was young, I, I've had pneumonia a few times and I was young, didn't have to go to the hospital. But now that I'm 68, probably if I had pneumonia again, I'd have to go to the hospital. And uh, one hour in the hospital would more than cover $150. So my point is that I think for seniors at risk, it should be paid for. That's you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a discussion for the government. And I don't even know if it's the MPP because... Um, the way it works, there's a formulary. They decide what to cover. They usually dis- decide oh, yeah. based I, on I, a trial. I understand that, but like they did cover the last one, uh, the last pneumonia uh, one, at least for seniors. I don't know if it was for. And my point is, is if if a person does and they are high risk and they do contract pneumonia, then it costs a lot more. I just think it's something that uh, should be thought about by the government because it's. Pennywise, pound foolish. Yeah. Yeah. I I 100% agree with you, Avril. Like, uh, you know, we've been saying that for years as pharmacists that, you know, some of the things like preventative vaccines and stuff, they cost a lot of money, but they certainly keep people out of the hospitals. And that's what really drives up health care. Oh, yes. And that's really, really, really important, uh, not just for the patient, but for the economy. So I just thought I'd say so. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting take. Avril, thanks for that. And uh, let us go to. Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Yes, hi there, and thank you for taking my call. I have a question about the flu vaccine. Um, I had the flu vaccine several decades ago. I'm 68 years old, and I'm in pretty good health. Several decades ago? Just You've had it once? Once, and what happened, I had a bad reaction to it. I got quite nauseous, and uh, I was on my way home, and I had to stop off, and I I was sick. You know, it didn't last all that long but um, you know I, I know there's probably in some people in some cases side effects or allergic reactions i don't know what happened to me that time um i don't get the flu that frequently um so i'm a little leery i want to take it but I'm, i just don't want to have any kind of reaction but i guess that's something you can't predict i guess every individual is different yeah although I, the, my first comment to you diane would be you know if it's been a couple decades since you had that reaction i mean yes. the flu shots of today are much different i mean in the you know 20 30 years ago and i'm almost positive that the one that you had was probably a live vaccine it was yes. you know a lot of times they had you know there was uh egg and things like that that were in there that could cause an allergic reaction or a sensitivity mm-hmm. and things so today everything's 
Well, I was going to say I'm not allergic to eggs, but I mean, I just know that it was. I was well, pretty, it's, um, let 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 let, uh, let Dean respond to you because yeah. the vaccines are now what they call dead vaccines. Correct, oh, okay. and they're synthetically prepared. You know, a lot of work goes into these. The things like that existed before that. I mean, they used to be loaded with, you know, preservative and things that, you know, that, I mean, they still have things in there today, but, but not like before. So there's inactive ingredients, there's active, the active virus as well, uh, which is a, usually a combination of different things every year. Scientists try and predict what's going to go into the flu vaccine this year. So it's mm-hmm. a lot different than 20 years ago. Uh, I would suggest, Diane, especially if you're 68, that, yes. you know, you should probably think about trying it again. Um, yeah. You can get it from your pharmacy now. You don't have to go into the, into the doctor. You're supposed to wait for 10 minutes after uh, you, you get the, the vaccine administered. So you can just tell the pharmacist that, you know what, I had it 20 years ago. I didn't feel well after I had it. Um, and, you know, then at least you're prepped for that. And, uh, you know, that, you know, sit yourself in a chair and, and relax and, and, uh, and, you know, just stay there until you're, you're feeling confident that you're and, ready to go and home. And don't, don't, ex- if you expect to have a bad reaction, you might. But yeah, please, please bear in mind that, that, as we get older, the flu becomes a more and more serious thing. If you get it, it, yeah. it results in 3,500 deaths a year. It results in the loss of independence. So uh, really, um, you know, I, I would like to urge you, take the shot, really. All right. I pride myself on my good health. I, I go for long walks every day. I drink lots of water. I change my eating habits, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, you never know when something like that's going to hit you. Yeah. Let's have one quick more one quick more question. One very more very question. quick. We're running out okay. of time. Uh, pneumonia shot. I never had pneumonia in my life. So, is it, what's more vital? Should I take the flu shot or the pneumonia shot? Uh, well, uh, you know what? For the the shot for pneumonia is probably more critical, especially you know as you're you're now a senior because pneumonia in seniors can be a very very serious serious thing. And uh, the flu, the flu vaccine is seasonal. So you're going to take the one you get this year uh, is going to be different than the one you take next year. So. But she said, "What if she was choosing between the two?" She was choosing. Mm-hmm. I would probably say, uh, if you had to take one this year, take yeah. the flu shot. Exactly. Because, because take it's the going flu to be, shot. You know, it's going to be very, very specific with what potentially could be coming. Uh, you know, in this in this flu season, and we hear, like I said. We hear it could be bad, so yeah. And yeah. the flu shot is free. Yeah, exactly. Ontarians, Ontarians get it for free, so, so just gotta bring you your go. health card, and you're you're good. Okay, so. um, and that's all the time we have for fight back for today. And uh, Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, thank you so much. Thank you, Libby. Okay, Uh, we're going to break for traffic and news. Remember, tomorrow is free for all Friday. Call us back. Uh, Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.